Welcome to Exploring Possibility. I'm your host, Christopher Giel, and with this show, my mission is to empower you. I want to inspire those who have forgotten their true worth, their highest potential, and their ultimate capability. I'll be exploring topics that are aimed towards personal growth to help you gain insight and approach life with new perspectives. I want you to increase your impact and help you live a more fulfilling life because limited thinking equals limited being. Let the show begin. Hi there and welcome to Exploring Possibility. This is episode number five. Guys, if you haven't subscribed to this show yet, please subscribe now if you are listening on iTunes or Spotify or any of the other major platforms out there. Alternatively, you can also jump onto my email list, which you can find via my website, exploringpossibility.co.za. That is just so you don't fall behind and you stay up to date with all my new episodes as they release. Cool. So let's jump into today's episode. In today's episode, I, I interviewed an, an interesting guy. He's a coach. His name is Warren Munitz. He's a, he's a, he's, he's got quite an awesome background. He, he studies in the field of personal development and he's been in that field and also self mastery for over 20 years. And in that time, he studied many things among meditation, yoga, philosophy, empowerment, psychotherapies, and just esoteric paths. He's, he's a trained and qualified executive coach, NLP life coach, business coach, relationship coach, meditation and yoga instructor, hypnotherapist, and so much more. So this guy's got quite a background and you can hear the wisdom in, the back, in his background. We touched on multiple different topics, including goals, including what it takes to be a life coach or a, any coach in this instance, and motivation and encouragement towards goal achievement. We spoke about beliefs. We actually got as deep as consciousness, and uh, it was quite an interesting conversation. We also ended off with some infinite potential discussions, you know. And yeah, what can I say? I was blown away. I was fascinated all the way through and I was, I was intrigued by what he had to say. So yeah, without any further ado, I think let's jump into the episode. Enjoy. I'm super stoked to have you on the show today and just to explore, you know, a little bit more about uh, yourself and see what your life is all about and see what we can take from this conversation. Uh, yes, Christopher. Good to, <laughs> good to meet you. Good to have you here. Warren um, from Integrative Coaching. And um, I'm, I'm really grateful that you reached out and uh, we can start this conversation because inspiring people, I, I think inspiring people in today's time and, and, uh, and, and kind of climate is just fundamentally important. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. It's, it's actually crucial. We need more of this. So hence, I'm going to try my best today and hopefully we're going to get some, you know, some insight from this. So there are so many topics that I'd love to discuss, but just as a start, like I just want to touch on a, a typical week for a coach. Like what does that involve for you? Um, and maybe for others, you can speak for others as well. And then briefly, um, briefly describe uh, just like why you decided to be a coach, just so we can have a background to work from. Okay. 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 So I don't know where to begin, but <laughs> typical week, um, let me start with a statistic, which is so boring, but 96% of people who study coaching don't coach. 
And that was I looked into that, right? And, and I thought, and I was like, why, why is that? Is it because of the training that's out there? Most of it, I think, partly is, 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 is that. The other thing is, what does it take to run a coaching practice? What does it take to run a successful coaching practice? You're not just a coach. You, you have to run a business. And most people don't realize that running, be, being an entrepreneur, as, as we said earlier before we started, that's a whole nother ball game. And how to be in this market and how to promote yourself and how to make sure that the right people are getting the message and then being able to switch into your coaching mode and going, right, and now actually effecting change and helping, really helping people. Um, I don't think people, when they become coaches, realize that what you actually have to do and what you have to accomplish every day to be effective and to be successful. Um, you're, you asked uh, how I got into this. Yeah. That's a long story, and if you've got time, let's go there. But Give it the me. nutshell version is that I, I suffered from depression and anxiety and I was suicidal as, as, a, as a teenager. And, you know, this is, this is probably one of, only the third or fourth time that I'm sharing it. Actually, I've, I've shared the story in my book that's coming out next month. Um, but no one really knew. I was undiagnosed, but my life got to a point where, like, you know, to, to consider taking your own life, I mean, that's a dark place. But what happened was through this process and, 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 and certain almost like thank God moments, here I am. And I was inspired through my own suffering, my own struggle to find out ways how to heal myself and how to become not only a better person, but how to find purpose and meaning in this life, right? Not just, I want to heal my depression, take this tablet, because the medical model currently, I mean, you know that they're currently doing tests with psychedelics and uh, psychedelic psychotherapy, and they're having a massive impact on individuals who suffered for years with depression and with anxiety. And it's, it's still illegal, right? These things that are so helpful are still illegal. It's almost criminal that mm. they're illegal. But if we look at consciousness, right, and we go, your consciousness is your personal private domain. And as long as you are not hurting anyone, you should be able to do whatever you want in this world with it. Now, if you're suffering, you should, be able to, you should be able to get whatever help you need to get. Now, having said that, when I looked for help and started to search and started to try and get out of my struggle, there, there weren't many things around. You know, coaching was like barely a thing. I don't even think it was. Only Tony Robbins was doing something. I went for years of psychotherapy. I even went to India. I spent six months in, in solitude in the Himalayas trying to look for what I was searching for, trying to find mm. this elusive enlightenment. I, I found what I was looking for. But through years and years and hours and hours of meditation and struggle and reading, I mean, I'm going to just pick up my camera for a second. I want to show you my half of my library I've brought into my office, right? Not these books behind me, mm -hmm. but... <laughs> all these books here, right? So all these books, I kind of, 
I was never a um, I was never a big reader at school. In fact, I think I got like a, I was a D average student, and I barely made it through English. And then when I got to this point in my life, when I when I was struggling, but I started to have this like inkling that there's something more. I think I must have read, I must have read over two thousand books. And for me, I'm not feeling that like who am I? Like, no, that's mind blowing. How did how did that even happen? You know. Um, and and what I have, what I've culminated in, is how to take someone from where I was to where I am now as fast as possible. You know, without them having to read two thousand books, go to India, spend millions of rands in therapy, and you know, for what? But it's to create a lifestyle, to create a way of life. So for me, that's what it is. The nutshell is that. You can't fit like enlightenment or uh, mindfulness into your life. You have to create a life where the other things fit in, but mindfulness or meditation or whatever we want to call it, enlightenment is the path, is your way of life, your way of being. Mm, your philosophy. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's quite interesting. We just said you, you help someone you know, from point A to point B as fast as you can. Let's jump onto that quickly. When would you say um, it's necessary to go alone and when to go together? Because there's, there's this African proverb that comes to mind that says, when you want to go fast, go alone. When you want to go far, go together. How do you connect that with what you just said? How can we make sense of that? Because a lot of the times I feel that you might read a quote and you might misinterpret it, you know, or it doesn't make sense to so, perhaps what you just said, both, you know. Both, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I, I've, that's the first time I've heard that African quote. Sounds like a great quote. Um, <laughs> there's another version of it, which is, you know, it takes, well, I think this is actually about children. It takes a village to, to have a baby, but you only as good and you can only reach as high as the, as the team you have around you, right? But that's very external, so the journey is not one or the other. And, and maybe I think that gets lost when we just take a quote out of context. Yeah. Uh, because the reality is that we're never alone and we're always alone. So the, 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 the theory about having a coach, let's look at it from a sports point of view. Okay. Usain Bolt has a coach. Um, when does he stop using his coach? Never. But when he's, when he's running, his coach, his coach might be in his ear, his coach might be shouting from the sideline, but he's running. He's the one who's doing the running, right? I can coach you and I can tell you what I suggest you do or what I, what I think is going to be best to go from point A to point B, or I can help you learn the skills to engage with an unconscious aspect of your being. I can't do it for you. I can just bring you to that water. You're going to have to drink, right? You're going to have to swallow that. Now, if we look at that story, that proverb, go fast or go far, it, it can't be linear. Nothing is linear in this world. So if you want to learn something and you come to me and I teach you and uh, you go home and you don't take any action, right? you go home 
and you go and you watch TV and you and you never think of me again until our next session. Well, that you're not going to get anywhere, right? You'll get to as as far as we go together in the session, and maybe we can have maybe we can spend forty years together, and you would get a certain distance. I don't know. Actually, maybe that's going off the point because I don't think that will get you very far. <laughs> but I don't think they. I don't think they're separate. Yeah, you got to use them in tandem. You got to use them together. Sometimes the one will work better for a certain instance, and sometimes you can use the other. You know, method for where it, it depends on where you. I going. would say to as uh, literally, I'd say together. I'd say yeah. At times, mm. you have to go deep, and going deep may, might require someone to help you with that. Right. But you also need to do that by yourself. You need to be personally engaged and committed. And at the same time, on the outside, you can't do everything yourself. Right? Yeah. You want to run a business. You, you, you literally can't do everything yourself. If yeah. you did, you, you, you wouldn't be able to do much. Yeah. You know, do what you're good at and get someone else or pay someone else to do what they're good at. You see, because if you can start to live what your passion is and you allow other people to live what their passion is, we can live in a society that creates that kind of like all, right, the rising tide floats all boats. Yeah, thriving community. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I'm very happy that we actually got into that quote. Just to, yo, just to break it down like that helps me put it into a little bit more perspective. I just love that. We just had that small jump on that, that little conversation. So since we on this sort of like journey towards something, let's quickly chat about goals. Ah, there's so much information on the internet, you know, goals, yes, goals, no, or like, what is your take on goals? Why should we have them? And if so, why? Um, can I just back up? What do you yeah. mean goals, yes, goals, no? Do you, I mean, is there, is, there, is okay. there a place that says, no, don't have any yes, goals? Yes, there's some people that say it's only about the systems. It's not about the goals at all. So you don't have to worry about goals, just have systems. But then I'm like, where are you going? So it's to me, it's, it's, it's I'm for goals because <laughs> it, it guides you. What's the system producing? Yeah, exactly. You see, I think this is one of those things that if you take out a context, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a saying that um, if you want to understand someone's methodology, like why did they say this quote, you can't read one of his books. You have to read every single book that he's written or that she's written. You have to read every piece of data to get an understanding of how they came to what that little quote is because you will understand it in the greater context of of how they think. So, you know, how do you get to any goal? Or if we look at what does this system produce? If we create a system and we, we learn how to just finesse the system and massage the system all the time, that's the focus. Then the goals are a byproduct of the system, right? So you're an apple farmer and we plant apple seeds to grow apple trees and we water systematically we water the seeds and a certain amount of years go by and the trees grow the apples which is the goal because we want to sell the apples i suppose that's goal number one goal number two is to sell them at a profit goal number three is to i don't know maintain that so goal number one remains as the outcome of a system of watering the tree 
the, the roots, right? So if we don't have a system for watering the roots and we're only trying to focus on the goal, we forget we do, we, because you never water the apple, right? You never go, oh, I'm watering this apple because I'm going to make more apples. Yeah. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. <laughs> um, I think, I think it's, it's, it's so interesting to see that it's all about perspective almost where just like now, how you mentioned, when you just take something out of context, you're just coming from a different perspective. You're not seeing the full picture. You're just seeing one part of the puzzle. And that sometimes, you know, can. Isn't that always you. the problem though? It's always the problem. I've seen it so many right. times. Exactly. So when we go and say, um, well, I'm looking out of my eyes, right? So already this is a limited perspective because it's one point mm. within this dimension of reality. And then there are multiple versions of that. So unless you have this omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent perspective, you aren't seeing the picture ever. You can't. But if you take that as the foundation and go, well, no matter what I see, no matter how I see it, it's never the full picture. Then you're always open. You're always open to growth. You're always open to shifting with the, you know, with the sands of time. Mm, so that yeah. becomes your, 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 you know, you, you, your, your starting point is I'm never seeing the full picture. Yeah. And then you, you're always going to strive to sort of try and put the, the different puzzle pieces together just so you can end up eventually like you, you did with a fuller picture, you know, after all your, your journeys. <laughs> in the right, it's a fuller picture, but at the same time, here, I'm still here. Mm. I'm still alive, which means I still only have a limited perspective of all the infinite potential that is still here. So being open to that is, you know, there's a saying, this is a the whole session's about sayings. You know, there's a saying, um, I think I've just lost my train of thought. We were talking the about, yeah, the perspective, the pieces of the puzzle, you going overseas, finding the, the different pieces and then putting it together oh. as one puzzle. So it's, you know, the, the beginning of wisdom oh, yes. is I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So the problem when, when we keep learning and growing is that we get confident, right? And we get confident and we get more confident. And in that, there's this danger of saying, I know. Mm. And if, while we're here, there's a bigger part we must always be aware of, that, which is I, an I don't know space. It's not a problem space. But it's only a problem if you don't like that feeling. If you don't like not knowing. Because then you will try and fill that gap with something, even if it's wrong, just so that you don't have that feeling. But when you get better at that, so you get better at being comfortable, almost with the discomfort of not knowing. So the beginning of wisdom, which is, I know that I don't know. Okay, so now we can grow and pivot and turn. It's got nothing to do with being right or wrong or failing and succeeding. Mm. It's just growing. 
we're growing. So on that note, yeah, wisdom then is or comes from having multiple perspectives. So seeing more angles, you know, having more angles to look upon, you know, to, to, to view a situation or a problem or a challenge or an item or anything from having the multiple perspectives. Would you say it's, you agree with that? I would say that that is part of it. Mm. One of, one of the ways that I've heard it described is that wisdom is the ability to hold two opposing perspectives in your mind at the same time. And not being judgmental towards one or the other, just accepting both. Accepting both. And see what you can learn. Polarity, right? Yeah. And polarity is the foundation of this reality. Mm. Or consciousness is, but polarity is, the moment we hear, there's polarity. And it's learning how to live with that. Right? Male, female, up, down, positive, mm. negative. Mm. Did you read the Conversations <laughs> with God series? Um, I was long ago. I actually, I think I've got one of these books here. Neil Donald I Walsh. I started, yes, that's right. Neil Donald Walsh. Because he I speaks about that. It's a, it's a, it's, it's ancient wisdom. Mm. If people are not speaking about it, you know, maybe, I don't know who wouldn't be speaking about it in this space, because when you get down to it, there's so there's certain fundamental laws that principles that govern this reality. And one of them is polarity. What are the others? The underlying substance of reality is consciousness. That's one of them. I can't remember them. Law of attraction? Um, is that another one? It is. It, it, it is. It's not actually one of them. It, it, it works with, so there's the law of rhythm. So everything has a cycle, the mm. ebb and flow, yes. which is connected to polarity. The law of attraction is, um, I think it weaves into all of them. So I don't think it's, well, the, the, I'm, I'm actually speaking of a book called The Kabbalion, Kab um, where they describe the seven principles or these seven fundamental laws. But the law of attraction in, in, in what I can remember is not specifically one of those fundamental laws. So you get mutable laws and unmutable laws. So laws that can change and laws that can't change or laws that you can rise above and mm. laws that you can't. So for example, the underlying substance of reality is the mind and all is the mind. You can't rise above that. That's just what it is. Mm. But if you look at the rhythm, you can rise above rhythm and you can, and, and you can rise above uh, polarity so that it doesn't affect you. If you st it's like being stuck on the, on, the, on the swing. If you're stuck on one side, you're going to swing from one side to the other side. So, for example, let's say you like summer. What's going to happen in winter? You're going to become completely depressed. People actually do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In fact, there's a disorder called SAD. Seasonal Associated Depression. Sad. Can you rise above that? If the substance of reality, if the underlying substance is mind, then you should be able to rise above everything. Should be. That should be the idea. Mm. Very fascinating where we just, how we just went along this path of consciousness. I, I actually want to touch on that a little bit later. So I'm going to bring us 
back to goals quickly. Um, Go for it. Yeah. So <clears throat> with, with respect to goals and achieving goals, you know, I've heard that it's, or I've actually seen this in my own life after only changing my perspective on it, where it's, it's more about the journey and well, not more, but you got to enjoy the journey as well. You know, you got to appreciate the journey and sometimes you end up somewhere. It might not be the goal, but it's about who you grew into. It's who you became, you know, after pursuing that specific goal. Now, many times I find myself, and I've seen this with many people as well, people, they get so excited, they get inspired, they're encouraged, they buy all the stuff, whatever's necessary to achieve the goals and move forward. And then day three or five or week one comes, and they fall down, they lose motivation, they lose the encouragement, they lose sight. Why does that happen? If you can answer that, why, what has happened to your clients, perhaps? What is the, you know, the, the overlapping issue? And how do, we do, how do we deal with that? I hate motivation, a lot, but... A lot of answers in there, a lot of questions. So if we stick with the goal, right? Um, if you look deeply into yourself, you go, the thing that you want, we can look at why do you want that, right? So we can unpack deeper and deeper, why do you want, you know, why do you want to earn so much money a month or why do you want a girlfriend or why do you want to create this business? Why do you want to write that book or whatever the case is? Yeah, what is the and void you're trying to fill? Yes and no, but okay. yes and no, right? Because it doesn't mean that, so one of the biggest fears most people have is when I start talking like this and you go, well, what is the void I'm trying to fill? And then I say, we can go there and you can connect with this void and you can realize that it's much more than what you think it is. Most people go, but if I become okay with that void, then I'm not going to want anything. <laughs> well, it's partly true. You might get to that place of going, everything I need, like Tony Robbins, right? He says, everything I need is within me now. Yes. Everything I need is within you now. You don't need anything. Yeah. But that's not what desire is. Mm. Desire is want. I want this. So here I am. I'm sitting in a space of centeredness, connectedness, and I don't need anything. I'm in this, I'm in this centered space. Okay, now what? I think I want to do this. I think I want to climb the mountain today. If I sit here and I have this feeling I want to climb the mountain and I want to have a look at the view because it's here, I want to go appreciate the view, yeah. right? Then I can say, well, that desire in me is going to cause a misalignment to where I am now. And it's going to, it's going to motivate, it's going to move me to go climb the mountain. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because that's how you create something. If you're creating it though, because you are actually, you don't want to look inside. Then when you achieve it, or if you don't achieve it, either doesn't matter, but the same thing is going to happen. If you literally, like, what is the void you want to fill when you said it like that? If you achieve that goal, now it doesn't fill the void. At that moment in time, many highly successful people are completely unhappy because yeah. of that reason. Yeah. They haven't realized what the void is yet. They haven't realized what that inner experience is that was driving them initially. Then people who don't reach it, then they just feel inadequate. So they don't have the void. They haven't, they haven't recognized what the void is, and they haven't reached their goal. 
experience of despair is next. You asked another question. I can't remember what it was about uh, uh, goals. Can you just bring me back? Bring me back on board. The final question you had. Basically, how we or why we stop. Oh, so stop. Okay. Yeah. Why do we? Yeah. Why does it? Why does it just? You know, fade away as we move towards our goals. I'm speaking for everyone so, outside listening. <laughs> right, and you're generalizing. So there's some people that it doesn't fade away. Mm. So when you look at your reason why you want the goal, if you don't look at that, then it's you know, then it's like looking through. A news feed like Instagram, Facebook feed. You have you have the attention of a, a goldfish spinning through. Go, oh, that's cool! And then ten minutes later, you don't even know what you were talking about. Then, you know that's you're never going to achieve anything. So, it comes down to consistency, which comes down to willpower in a way. You have to choose to be consistent in what you want to create. So if you don't water that tree every day, well, it's not going to grow. If you don't make sure every day that you, I don't know, uh, let's say some hedge was growing over the tree and it wasn't getting enough sun, that you don't trim the hedge away and it doesn't get enough sun, it's not going to grow. You, it's your job to be consistent so that you can create something. If you dig a little hole here today and tomorrow you dig another hole over there, another hole further down, then you've got every day you dig these tiny little holes. You don't, you don't get anywhere. If you want to dig a deep hole so that you can make a swimming pool, you have to dig in the same place. You have to make it deep enough and wide enough, right? That only comes with consistent practice. In fact, it's what I put down as the first fundamental principle in your meditation, in your journey of meditation, and that's something, another thing that I'll actually, when we, when we started this conversation earlier before you were recording, you talked about something um, about having people on your channel, which is amazing, right? And having so many different perspectives. Yeah. But the reality is that you need to have one practice, one goal at a time before you choose many. Get one goal, do something to create it or to achieve it and only stop when you've achieved it. So when you think of regular practice, the message is not going to change. You know how many times I tell people, are you meditating? And they say, no, I don't have time. I don't, or whatever it is. Right. <laughs> but then I say, you need to meditate. Oh, I know. I meditated <laughs> last year. It was uh, on September, yeah, the 1st of September, the 4th of September last year, I meditated once. Yeah, it was a fantastic dream session. <laughs> right? You, unless you, you breathe every day, don't you? You eat every day, don't you? You sleep every day, don't you? There's something so fundamental as your mind that you have to make sure that your mind is in the best mindset, the best frame of mind. You have to nurture that like you're nurturing a baby a newborn baby. And this is not going to change forever. So it'll never change. No matter how many lifetimes we come back, if you believe in that kind of thing, no matter what the story is, no matter what the landscape, how it changes, 
This is always going to be the same, regular and consistent practice. Otherwise, you cannot achieve meditation. doesn't matter how many psychedelic trips you try. It doesn't matter what books you read. Unless you are sitting and doing your regular practice, nothing is going to change. So this is about the message, right? I say this over and over. It's not always different messages or different motivation. It's the same one. Because eventually, that consistency, some people, you know, the, if you have a group of people, only a certain amount of people are going to take action. The group, those people who are listening, only when you get to a certain level, only once they've heard it a certain amount of times, then they start taking action. What did that? It wasn't your message, but it was the regularity of your message. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like creating or putting it into sort of like a habit. So once it becomes a habit. Exactly you know, what it is. Yeah. Exactly what it is. So do you also think it's partially due to um, some people perhaps not having purpose behind the goal? Because you, you, you mentioned how people just scroll through Instagram, which is, I think, the perfect example. And then you see, oh, this person has, let's, let's talk about material stuff, right? This car, this house, or this lifestyle. And you're like, I want that because that's what you're saying. And it's actually superficial because you haven't, you know, dig down deep in, into who you are and who you really want to be and then act upon that. So it's almost like you're not going towards whatever your purpose is in life and you just, you're just falling into everyone else's expectations and dreams and visions. And do you yes. think that is, is partly due to that as well? So, so uh, we're going to get very deep now, right? <laughs> I like going now, deep. You, you ready? Just <laughs> snorkel, put your tank on. Here we go. I love it. Let's dive. Fundamentally, when you don't know why you are here, you have not found your purpose yet. And I'm going to go deeper now. To be or not to be. You've heard this statement. Yes. Right? And you know what it means. It's to live or to die. Why am I here? If you haven't answered why am I here to its depth, then that to be or not to be question for you is unanswered. You are not living with purpose yet. This is a scary, this is a scary comment because what the comment is, should I commit suicide or not? That's the statement he's making, right? Albert, um, Albert Camus, a French philosopher, he said the fundamental question in um, philosophy is whether to commit suicide or not because that answers the question of what is my purpose? And we are not taught at school or culturally about purpose and about life and death. No, we're taught about mass and how to add sums this way and long division that way. And it's absolute. I hope you're going to beat that out. It's absolute shit, to be honest. You have to learn a way of being in this world so that you live with purpose because then you know the story about the, the journalist who goes to, he goes to India and he speaks to this monk and he says, I want, I want, to, I want to understand what purpose is. I want, to, I want to be able to live with that kind of passion, right, and that kind of motivation. 
And eventually the monk says, okay, I will teach you. Meet me on the shore of the beach tomorrow. The journalist says, I came all over, you know, I came, I came, I came across the ocean to come speak with you. Why, why do I have to wait? So the monk says, just, just meet me tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock. I'll see you on the shore. Eventually, the journalist says, okay. He meets the monk. He sees him there standing on the water's edge, and the monk starts walking into the water. And the journalist looks at him and he says, hey, where are you going? I thought you were going to tell me about the, the, the how do you live with so much purpose? So the monk just waves his hand and keeps walking. So the journalist said, well, I've come this far. So he follows him in. And they, they get so far that the journalist can barely stand and water starting to come into his mouth. And he says to the monk, says, listen, man, are you going to tell me when and how to live with purpose and passion? Because I can barely breathe. And if, if we go any further, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to breathe. So the monk says, you got it. He says, when you want to succeed as much as you want to breathe, that's how to live with purpose. That's such a deep story. Um, people will run away, I think, if I start <laughs> telling that story. <laughs> so you see, that's, that is the thing. That is, and maybe that's just, you know, for you. Maybe that is just for me, but I hope everyone just, you know, we, we rewind there and just listen through that again and just try and let it sink in because, yeah, generally when I have conversations about purpose, I'm getting too deep or too spiritual, you know, but I'm like, what do you guys want to talk about? Like last week's sports or like, no, like, why are we here? I'm like, I'm always fascinated by these questions. And the fact that you just mentioned that story, it just like, it connects with me. And um, it makes sense to me and I can sort of like breathe that story and I can live that story because it makes sense. And I'm going to, I'm going to take that story and now, you know, go and retell to whoever wants to listen. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thank, thank you for sharing that. I think it's You're awesome. Welcome. I think it's a, a very strong story to, to share and it's got a lot of wisdom in it. So there's another thing that fascinates me extremely and that is beliefs and perception. And uh, I know that, or, or let, let me let me give you the mic now. What do you think? Like, what is your thought on beliefs? You know, our beliefs as ourselves. Do they control our entire life? Do they like what? To what extent? When you're um, not aware of them, they control you completely. Please explain. So your belief is like a a frame that you're looking through. So I believe this thing. <laughs> So you can't see anything else. That's all you can see. So if I tell you something that falls outside of what you believe, you're going to dismiss it before you've even looked into it. Mm -hmm. So if we look at a belief, which is a construct, it's a thought that has been crystallized and submerged in your unconscious, and you can stand on it. You know, so you can have self-belief. I believe in myself. Mm. Um, you know, and there are different layers to beliefs. But if we take the one that you've learned over periods of time from when you were born, your parents believed in a certain way of being or a certain way of doing something, and it submerges under the water, 
under the water of the unconscious and now you're standing and and this is who you actually believe you are that belief was put there before you could even think before you were conscious so before you even knew that that was happening it was happening and your foundation of who you believe you are then is this thing that's unconscious and you actually don't know the truth of who you are you just are standing on this thing who you think you are but you don't even know that that's there and as you get around it usually happens around between like 28 to 33 years old um obviously there's there's the awakenings that happen earlier on in life as well but a big one happens like around 28 and 33 but you start considering well who's who's why do i believe this do i actually like that is this my idea or is this what i'm expected to do and you start to look in and there's a reflection of this process of becoming aware of beliefs and when you start noticing that your perception of yourself changes which can some, sometimes be quite destabilizing because you start to look in you go like i thought this is who i am if this isn't who i am then who am i right and that can sometimes be quite shocking in itself and then as you question what your beliefs are and as they start to maybe shift or change and you start to explore these these confines or con- confining ideas as they break down they allow you to rediscover something and that something in that moment of rediscovery you have an opportunity to become aware of something fundamental i think the session should be called fundamental because uh, i think i've said that like 50 times <laughs> so you become aware of something fundamental right and that is that who you are is beyond a belief it's beyond a construct so now what most people want to do is we want to patch it up man i don't want to look into the abyss and be terrified so i want to patch stuff up and go like no this is who i am now i learned something when i was one one part of my story is i started doing a phd which never ended and uh i i learned something fascinating from one of my lecturers who said one of my supervisors he said in the process of innovation you need to um delay premature closure so the longer you delay premature uh, the, the longer you delay closure the longer you delay going this is it the more innovation you can be you can get right because that's that's that creative space but if you push that deeper and you look at um what they say about meditation is when you it's at some point in your meditation career you will realize the seriousness of what you're doing i can't remember the who said this but it's in my book as well um you're tearing down the beliefs and the walls or the beliefs that are the walls that have been shielding reality from you or shielding ultimate reality from you does it make sense Yeah, it makes makes 100% sense. It's I think that's why I'm so fascinated by this entire idea of beliefs and perceptions because uh, that's what the show is built upon. I mean, if we can explore I mean, possibilities, you know, if we can explore right, exactly. 
life, if we can explore things outside of our beliefs, outside of our comfort zones, outside of what we think is even real, then you're going to open up new possibilities and see life in a totally new perspective. And one thing that fascinates me about belief and perception as well is that sometimes it blocks our behavior. And I've seen that in my own life where, and that's why I started with goals and then moved into beliefs is because as I was trying to get, you know, close to my goals a few years back, I realized that I just couldn't hit some of the goals. And then I started doing some self-reflection and I found that my beliefs were also sort of like ducking me. They were not, they were not allowing me to hit through the ceiling because I had a specific belief. Limiting belief. Yeah. yeah. A limiting belief about something. So mm. what, like, what is your view on, on limiting beliefs? And do you also feel that it uh, will inhibit our behavior, you know, or, or disable so us? Do that. Yeah. So believe do that, but that's their point, right? Their point is to create a corridor so you can walk down a corridor. Because if I, if I said to you, I'm going to sell you, I'm going to sell you this pen and I took everything outside of the picture and I only had the pen in the picture and I had arrows pointing to the pen, then you go, oh, look, oh, he's selling the pen, right? But if I put this pen amongst all other pens and other kind of gadgets and no arrows and no message, all of a sudden you're like, wow, there's a lot of stuff here, right? Hmm. But now I want to take you one step deeper. You see, beliefs are not the underlying ground of what's driving you or any of us. There is something underneath the belief, deeper than the belief, something that the belief is protecting you from. The truth is that emotion drives behavior. Emotion drives behavior. Now, you can become conscious of an emotion. You can become conscious of your unconscious emotion and see how it's driving your behavior. So Jung, Jung says, um, until you make the darkness conscious, it will direct your life and you'll call it fate. Now the unconscious is fundamentally emotional. It's, it's the, it's the, not logical part of the mind, the not conscious part of the mind. Mm, mm. It's infinite, right? And in a way, from a, from a rational point of view, we can say it's also the irrational only because it's not rational, but not in the term when someone says, stop being irrational, right? It's not that way. Okay. It's just that it is so beyond logic. It's actually beyond logic. It's intuitive. It's, it's, it's beyond any kind of descriptor. Now, when you're dealing with that part of the mind, that's like an ocean and the conscious mind, which includes thoughts, ideas, little beliefs, and the unconscious also includes beliefs, but you know, they don't go, they only go a little bit underneath the surface. If you think of that, that the conscious mind is more like a little boat floating on the grand ocean, which is infinite. Well, emotions are going to control your boat, the currents of the emotion, not the boat. 
But unless you use, unless you learn how to use the boat, unless you learn how to integrate the boat and the emotion and the unconscious and the ocean, you learn how the currents move you, then you can utilize the current to help you get where you want to get to. But before that, and if you think, if you think that the ocean doesn't exist, whereas most people don't even know that there's such a thing as the unconscious, then what Jung's statement is, it, you know, it'll direct your life and you'll call it fate. So that's what will happen. So do you then feel that most of our um, limitations live in, in a mental perspective or an emotional perspective or a combination of both? You see, they're not separate. They're not separate things. And when you say mental, I don't know what you mean by that. I don't know your understanding of mental. What does that mean? Are you Ment- just talking about the conscious mind? Mental, yeah, maybe thinking patterns. Um, thinking so patterns. Are, are, we, are you talking about conscious or unconscious? Conscious. So when you say me- mental, then conscious mind can't do much. Conscious mm. mind's not in control of much. It's in control of what you're choosing. That's what it's in control of. So I'm going to either run away from this feeling or I'm going to engage with this feeling. I have a choice. I'm going to do this because I don't feel that I should be doing that or maybe that's a a bad example. Um, Because I feel uncomfortable, I'm going to do this. I'm going to avoid this feeling or I'm going to choose to look into this feeling because something is uncomfortable here internally. So th- this is where the conversation starts to get challenging to actually describe a little bit. But um, if you look at emotion and you think about emotion, again, I've got to say, what is the perspective understanding coming from? Because emotion can be conscious when you're conscious of it, but mostly it's unconscious. So I'm not talking about the conscious emotion. As in, when it breaks through the surface of your consciousness and you become aware of it, sure, those times, um, they can control you, but maybe some people don't let them. Some people try and suppress them again. Mm. But they're always controlling your behavior. They're always controlling your thinking. Always. The emotion is the deepest part of the unconscious. There's no part of the conscious mind that is deeper than that. So if we talk about what is ultimately in control, it's that part. But as we go deeper into the unconscious, emotion changes. It's not emotion as we think of it today, as we think of it in our normal conversation. It's the spark of life. It's the essence of being. At that point in time, your awareness can be aware of what that spark is, And there is an experience of that. It's closer to emotion than thought. And and why do I say that? Because thought is always a finite place. Thought is finite. The moment you have an idea, you create a line or a circle or a square around and define this as a concept. Emotion, for example, is a feeling. It has no boundary. Its nature is infinite. And you can experience this for yourself. For example, put your hand out like this. Okay? 
Take all your awareness to, you, to the palm of your hand. Can you feel the palm of your hand? Yeah. Concentrate on what it feels like. Now, close your eyes for a second. Close your eyes and think of what your hand looks like. Now you have the shape of your hand in your mind. But now open your eyes again and think about this. Your feeling that you have, the feeling of your actual hand and the shape of your hand. The shape of your hand is in the shape of a hand. But the feeling of your hand is more like a cloud. It's like a cloud of tingly stuff at the end of this arm here, <laughs> right? It's not in a shape. It's a feeling. The shape part only takes form here on the outside. Does that make sense? Makes sense. I thought about energy when you said it's like sort of on the outside. If that's, like if that's terminology you want to use, I just like to keep it grounded. Mm. So because a lot of time when people talk about energy, they go right into their head and they go mm. into constant energy and they get so detached from reality that it's, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they get lost in their minds. Yeah, I know. Exactly. When, when I just did that, I felt like, like I said, in my own mind, in my own words, it would be, it would be energy. So you just mentioned that um, thoughts have sort of like finite potential, but do you think we are, we are unlimited beings or have unlimited potential? Because I know, I think in your email, it says that we are always greater than we think we are. Exactly. Greater than what we think. Yes. Always. What does that mean? Has it got to do with infinite potential? <laughs> Yes, most definitely. Or what do you mean by what do you mean by that? No matter what you think, that's not what you are. That's a deep. That's no a deep who statement. You think you are. Yeah. No matter who you think you are, you're always greater than that. Always. Because if you think you can think of who you are, you haven't found out who you are. Then you're wrong. Yeah. But then it's like an unending journey, which I think. We're part of, right? But even if you think about it like that, you're really you're still thinking about it. It's an unending journey. Where are we going? <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I actually started meditating this year, and uh, it's been quite a journey. And I'm definitely starting to, I don't know, I feel like I'm grounding myself a little bit more, finding more humbleness and more, I don't know, I feel more secure with myself and more authentic. I feel more real um, since I've been meditating my my head is more clear. You must check out my, I've got an online course. I've actually got an online course, integrativecoachingacademy.co.za. Um, and I take people through this exact process, but I've, I've like, I've refined it so that it's not, um, it's, it's non-denominational, non-religious. Mm. It just t talks in terminology of you know, infinity and whatever concept that is for you, God, whatever it is, mm. energy, divinity. And it's, it's about how do you make contact? How do you connect with that part of you and, and discover it within you? And um, the eight stages or the eight, eight, the eight fundamental steps, I think I mentioned that earlier. Um, and I take people through just a, ph a philosophical understanding of why they're doing this and then an exercise and it builds on each other to the point where you've created, you know, you can go through the course in about three months, I think, but 
my goal is that you actually just keep repeating and going over and over so that you're building this regular, consistent practice. You know, if you're not seeing me or if you're not, if you don't have one, so that you can, it's one thing having an idea about divinity, about the infinite. It's a whole nother ball game to submerge, to immerse yourself in it, to have a direct experience of that part. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Um, immersing yourself in something and just thinking about it as two total different things. But um, yeah, I think we're heading towards the end of our interview, which sucks because there's so many things that we can actually speak about, but it's, it's been quite a journey. But as we, as we get towards the end, I just want to know, like you just spoke about your meditation course. Is there any mm. other books or references that people can go and have a look at if they want to learn more about what you just spoke about? Yeah. You know, jump perhaps into, um, yeah, I'm going to give you the floor. Okay. So I wrote a book. Um, it's literally just about my journey of how I got here, a little bit about the philosophy that I, I now live by, or that, I, that I've like, and is living in me, and then a methodology for you to um, to do that. So it's called the Infinite Spark. Um, it's it'll be available probably in about two weeks. So I'm hoping I've just sent in the last bit of revisions um, for anyone who's writing a book. I can definitely say get an editor, make sure someone else reads it over and over and over. Um, it'll be helpful. Anyway, so. So there's my book. There is the meditation course online. There's even a short little like, when in doubt, get my secret formula kind of thing. So I've created something which is how do you learn how to become instantly relaxed? And I think if you're not going to go the deep meditation route or maybe you go the deep meditation route only after you've done this instant relaxation journey. Yeah. If you aren't going to do anything, and there's one thing I teach you. It's this instant relaxation formula. Um, it's three exercises. Um, you get an ebook. I give you a guided audio, um, a three guided audio or six guided audio meditations with it. Um, and it'll just help you with stress. And the other thing is, you know, people who, who want to come to me, who want, to, who want more like personalized, deep work, one-on-one -on -one coaching, that. Um, you can always just book a discovery call and we can take it from there. Awesome stuff. Thank, thank you so much, Warren. So I'm going to link all of the links to Warren's uh, websites and to all his socials in the show notes of this episode, as well as the link to his book, which you can then get if you want to jump into more of what we just spoke about in this conversation. And then also, yeah, use those techniques that he's speaking about because I think it's so necessary, especially in today's world where everyone is damn stressed out and, yeah, just go in and, and listen to what we said. Go and get the stress reliever as a start. And then, you know, let, let, let that be the start of your journey and then see where it takes you from there. And then, uh -huh. Warren, as, as we end off, I just want to know, like, what is the last piece of actionable advice that you want to leave people with to just change their perceptions, change their perspectives on life so we can just open up more possibilities for them? Like, what... Is there something that you feel you need to provide people with now at the end of this interview so they can go and do something that will just open up a possibility? It can just be a start to something. I know it's not just a, you know, a magic wand that we shake and then everything's fine, but how do people start to change their perspective on life? The first thing is that if you're stuck, ask for help. 
ask for help from someone who has been there. That's great advice. Yeah. I was literally on the ledge looking down at this cliff. I know what it's, I know what it's like to be there. I, and not everyone is there either. But if, you are, if you're in a place where you want to change, ask someone who has changed. Ask someone who's at least done a little bit more than you on the journey. Sure. That is, once again, that's, that's fantastic advice. I mean, people, I think, are sometimes afraid to ask or they don't see the value in it. But follow that advice. Just ask at least someone. Just start somewhere with some sort of help and start moving yeah. forward in your journey so you break free from your limitations and just start living a life on your own terms. But uh, Warren, thank you so much for doing such amazing work in this world. I mean, I just want to thank you for your guidance. Um, I think it's very helpful towards helping people live just a more happier and a more fulfilled life, you know, a more a life where we can understand things a little bit more. I deeply respect and admire people like you who are there to just uplift others and also to act as thought leaders and help us push ourselves and just the outer edges of perception and reality with the idea of creating just a better understanding of the world we live in. So you guys make it a little bit more of a noble place for us. And so we all as, as humans, as individuals and as a community can just thrive in and not just survive. So I just want to thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Thanks for having me, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. Thank you, Ron. Have a, have a good one. Awesome stuff. I hope that you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Warren had so much wisdom to provide us with, and I'm, I'll, I'll be happy to do another session with him in the future. Perhaps if you have any other questions for, for, Warren, for Warren, please just get in touch with him directly via his website, integrativecoaching.ca.za, or just check in the show notes of this episode. You'll see that all these links to his socials and his courses and stuff, is everything is linked in the show notes of this episode. So yeah, check it out. You can also go into the website where I also post the questions that I asked. I also post the key takeaways. I also post things like the quotes and the people mentioned. I do a lot of work on the website itself. So if you listen to this on iTunes or Spotify or any of the other of the other major platforms, feel free to go into onto my website and then check that out. You must also not forget, Warren released a book called The Infinite Spark. I think that is going to be quite an amazing book to just jump into or get into his journey and fast track yourself to where he is today since he's got so much to give and so much to share with us. But yeah, guys, that's, that's about it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed that show and got some value out of it as I usually hope that you do. If you enjoy what we do, please rate the the episodes please rate the show on itunes or just uh give us a, a review and tell us what you guys think i i really love these reviews and ratings because they help us get the show out to more people they these ratings and reviews help us to impact more people and then lastly my last invite to you is i'd love if you can join our little community i'm building a community on facebook so you can actually Go onto Facebook and just search Exploring Possibility or alternatively, you can go onto my website, exploringpossibility.co.za forward slash community and it will take you directly to our community where we will be doing more in-depth discussions and Q&As and stuff like that. 
and it's going to be amazing. So yeah, I'll see you all on the next episode. I'll see you in one week and please get in touch if you've got any questions. Have a flipping fantastic week. Cheers, guys.